Hello adventurer, and welcome to the Skyrim Book Club, the on-the-go solution for the busy adventure in Tamriel's coldest, far-reaching province. Let us collect the literature and lore of this great province for you and put it into a portable package so that you never have to stop fighting dragons, picking flowers, or stealing from shopkeepers when they aren't looking. With an ever-increasing archive, SkyrimBookClub.ca has got the story for you. Until next time, enjoy the book. The Wolf Queen, Volume 5, by Wagin Yarth, Life of Queen Potema, Book 5. From the pen of Inzalaikas, 2nd century sage and student of Montakai. Third Era, 119. For 21 years, the Emperor Antiochus Septim ruled Tamriel, and proved an able leader despite his moral laxity. His greatest victory was in the War of the Isles in the year 110, when the Imperial fleet and the royal navies of Somerset Isle, together with the magical powers of the Sigic Order, succeeded in destroying the Pyandonian invading armada. His siblings, King Magnus of Lilmoth, King Sephiroth of Gilane, and Potema, the Wolf Queen of Solitude, ruled well, and relations between the Empire and the kingdoms of Tamriel were much improved. Still, centuries of neglect had not repaired all the scars that existed between the Empire and the kings of High Rock and Skyrim. During a rare visitation from his sister and nephew Uriel, Antiochus, who had suffered from several illnesses over his reign, lapsed into a coma. For months, he lingered in between life and death while the Elder Council prepared for the ascension of his 15-year-old daughter, Kintyra, to the throne. Third Era, 120 Mother, I can't marry Kintyra, said Uriel, more amused by the suggestion than offended. She's my first cousin, and besides, I believe she's engaged to one of the lords of the council, Modellus. You're so squeamish. There's a time and place for propriety, said Potema. But you're correct, at any rate, about Modellus, and we shouldn't offend the Elder Council at this critical juncture. How do you feel about Princess Rachma? You spent a good deal of time in her company in Faroon. She's all right, said Uriel. Don't tell me you want to hear all the dirty details. Please spare me your study of her anatomy, Potema grimaced. But would you marry her? I suppose so. Very good. I'll make the arrangements then. Potema made a note for herself before continuing. King Leromo had been a difficult ally to keep, and a political marriage should keep Faroon on our side, should we need them. When is the funeral? What funeral? asked Uriel. You mean for Uncle Antiochus? Of course, sighed Potema. Anyone else of note die recently? There were a bunch of little redguard children running through the halls, so I guess Sephiroth has arrived. Magnus arrived at court yesterday, so it ought to be any day now. It's time to address the council then, said Potema, smiling. She dressed in black, but not her usual colorful ensembles. It was important to look the part of the grieving sister. Regarding herself in the mirror, she felt that she looked all of her fifty-three years. A shock of silver wound its way through her auburn hair. The long, cold, dry winters in northern Skyrim had created a map of wrinkles, thin as a spiderweb, all across her face. Still, she knew that when she smiled, she could win hearts, and when she frowned, she could inspire fear. It was enough for her purposes. Potema's speech to the Elder Council is perhaps helpful to students of public speaking. She began with flattery and self-abasement. My most august and wise friends, members of the Elder Council, I am but a provincial queen, and I can only assume to bring to issue what you yourselves must have already pondered. She continued on to praise the late emperor, who had been a popular ruler despite his flaws. He was a true septum and a great warrior, destroying, with your counsel, the near-invincible armada of Pyandonia. But little time was wasted before she came to her point. The Empress Gysilla, unfortunately, did nothing to temper my brother's lustful spirits. In point of fact, no whore in the slums of the city spread out on more beds than she, 
Had she attended to her duties in the imperial bedchamber more faithfully, we would have a true heir to the empire, not the half-wit, milksop bastards who call themselves the emperor's children. The girl called Kintyra is popularly believed to be the daughter of Gysilla and the captain of the guard. It may be that she is the daughter of Gysilla and the boy who cleans the cistern. We can never know for certain. Not as certainly as we can know the lineage of my son, Uriel, the eldest true son of the Septim dynasty. My lords, the princes of the empire will not stand for a bastard on the throne. That I can assure you. She ended mildly, but with a call to action. Posterity will judge you. You know what must be done. That evening, Potema entertained her brothers and their wives in the map room, her favorite of the imperial dining chambers. The walls were splashed with bright, if fading, representations of the empire and all the known lands beyond. Admora, Yokunda, Akavir, Pyandonia, Thras. Overhead, the great glass-domed ceiling, wet with rain, displayed distorted images of the stars overhead. Lightning flashed every other minute, casting strange phantom shadows on the walls. When will you speak to the council? asked Potema as dinner was served. I don't know if I will, said Magnus. I don't believe I have anything to say. I'll speak to them when they announce the coronation of Kintyra, said Sephiroth, merely as a formality to show my support and the support of Hammerfell. You can speak for all of Hammerfell, asked Potema with a teasing smile. The Red Guards must love you very much. We have a unique relationship with the Empire and Hammerfell, said Sephiroth's wife, Bianchi. Since the Treaty of Strasmachai, it has been understood that we are part of the Empire, but not a subject. I understand you've already spoken to the council, said Magnus's wife, Helena, pointedly. She was a diplomat by nature, but as the Cyrodiilic rule of an Argonian kingdom, she knew how to recognize and confront adversity. Yes, I have, said Potema, pausing to savor a slice of Bray's Jalfbird. I gave them a short speech about the coronation this afternoon. Our sister is an excellent public speaker, said Sephiroth. You're too kind, said Potema, laughing. I do many things better than speaking. Such as? asked Bianchi, smiling. Might I ask what you said in your speech? asked Magnus, suspiciously. There was a knock on the chamber door. The head steward whispered something to Potema, who smiled in response and rose from the table. I told the council that I would give my full support to the coronation, provided they proceed with wisdom. What could be sinister about that? Potema said, and took her glass of wine with her to the door. If you'll pardon me, my niece Kintyra wishes to have a word with me. Kintyra stood in the hall with the imperial guard. She was but a child, but on reflection... Potema realized that at her age, she was already married two years to Mantiarco. There was a similarity to be certain. Potema could see Kintyra as the young queen, with dark eyes and pallid skin smooth and resolute like marble. Anger flashed momentarily in Kintyra's eyes on seeing her aunt, but emotion left her, replaced with calm, imperial presence. Queen Potema, she said serenely, I have been informed that my coronation will take place in two days' time. Your presence at the ceremony will not be welcome. I have already given orders to your servants to have your belongings packed, and an escort will be accompanying you back to your kingdom tonight. That is all. Goodbye, aunt. Potema began to reply, but Kintyra and her guard turned and moved back down the corridor to the stateroom. The wolf queen watched them go, then re-entered the map room. Sister-in-law, said Potema, addressing Bianchi with deep malevolence. You asked what I do better than speaking? The answer is war.